Welcome to Quadraphonic Podcast, hosted by Al Croft and Dwayne Boyd. Able-bodied is a temporary situation for everyone. Quadraphonic shines a light on issues faced by folks with different levels of ability navigating the live music scene. to Quadraphonic Episode 2 of Season 2 with my co-host Dwayne Boyd and our guest Rob Robar. Hello. How you doing? Great hey, to hey. You. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to see you, buddy. Absolutely, yeah. man. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a... Uh, yeah, well over seven, eight months now. <laughs> yeah. Now that we're seven months into this year already. <laughs> I mean, who could believe it? It's just going by way too fast. Yeah, there's always always something, it seems. It's been a crazy year, that's for sure. So, Rob, why don't you introduce yourself to the Quadraphonic audience? And tell them a little bit about why you're here, what you want to share today. Yeah, um, again, my name is Rob Robar. I'm from Waterford, Michigan. Uh, been a fish fan since the first time I saw him was 91 at Rick's in Ann Arbor uh, with about 30 people, I think. <laughs> a little small down little bar, basement bar. Um, soundboards are out there. I do know that. Um, uh, as far as, you know, what kind of brought me around here is, um, you know, last couple of years was, uh, I've been involved in some companies that I had started, um, working on and, uh, led me to being much more involved in the world of ADA and accessibility, not only with my own issues, but kind of like what happened over this last summer, we kind of talked about it when we talked before, but, you know, seeing what was kind of happening with all of us trying to be out there and trying to enjoy things and just go to shows and have fun, you know, and find a way for us all to kind of make a little bit more out of it, I guess. Um, it's kind of why I'm my big drive right now is uh, those types of issues and things like that. Uh, Rob, if you're comfortable, uh, can you tell the Quadraphonic audience uh, what your disability is and, you know, how you, uh, you know, how you treat yourself and, you know, yeah, I mean, treat yourself is maybe the wrong way to say it, but how you, uh, how you get through your day to day. The one thing that, you know, for me is I have like a four or five different things, really. Uh, the most prominent thing that I really kind of deal with is uh, peripheral neuropathy, which is the loss of feeling in the limbs um, and extremities and stuff like that. So I have no real feeling on the one leg down. It's just a kind of a numb stump kind of thing. Um, but also kind of a few other neurological issues that kind of came about from stuff that I never really realized in the beginning that they were even happening. It wasn't until research kind of came out more talking about CBD and things like that, which leads to, you know, how do I treat myself, which is a very proper way, in my opinion, to really say it, because 
Um, it's kind of like everybody's path and choice, you know, um, it's either pharmaceuticals or a natural regimen. And well, the re the reason why I said treat yourself is you know, everybody's supposed to treat themselves with the utmost kindness and care, but we don't always do yeah, that. Well, that's kind of what it is. You know, it's uh, how to look at each other and how to, you know, find things that can help yourself. It's, uh, you know, help me help you help. Yeah, help everybody, you know, because um, there's so much going on. And I find that we, you know, the Internet's so great, you know, we can find this, that or this or that. But, you know, how does it tie into us, you know, and what we're doing is just trying to enjoy shows. But you're asking. Right. And and I found that in general in the ADA section, people will just want to help people and also in the fish community for the most mm -hmm. part. They just want to take care of the community. Yep. And each other. That's the one thing I really see happening in the last, you know, couple years, obviously, because of myself is, I mean, I've had issues for over 15 years now um, with my walking and that, but it definitely compounded. And even in the last few months, I've had a few more health issues. Um, I'm looking at finding out tomorrow, hopefully more information about possible pancreatic cancer. Um, I'm also looking... Oh my goodness. I'm also looking at, you know, this other issue that I had, which is my spleen was having an aneurysm. Um, kind of stumbled upon these couple of different things that kind of took me out of commission for about a solid month now. Um, so I'm just finally starting to get back into the realm where I can start to sit down and be creative again, start to work on some graphic, but I feel like working on stuff, you know, and rather than just like, oh. <laughs> So that that's good. You you're getting back to you instead of oh, what's what's my malady for the day or why why am I feeling more messed up than I was before? You're starting to do some stuff that you know allows you to feed your creative brain. Yep, and that's kind of you know for me, that's a big part of my life is you know is the creative process. It's uh, you know doing artwork design um i do design for a lot of cannabis companies in michigan working on a three or four different projects right now um kind of uh branching out into a few other things because of mycology and you know the whole world of mushrooms seems to be becoming much larger so we have a lot of you know startup brands because it's decriminalized in half the state of michigan now um so it's kind of like you have all this going on <laughs> It's good for me because that's kind of what I'm into. So. And does that help you with any of your maladies or your disabilities? Oh, yeah. Um, honestly, when I came uh be really full and open, when I mean, obviously as a fish show, so nobody's, you know, people know about mushrooms. Um, uh, last summer when I was out on tour, I did those shows, and I was pretty much consuming two to three gram, two grams or so a night. Um, which is a little bit more than a microdose. Uh, but in that time, I got home from that run and found that my neuropathy in my legs and my overall body is easily 75% lighter than it was prior. And it stayed with me. And not only do I get benefits from like some of the mental things, you know, some of the hangout things and, you know, just stresses. Um, but also it was something I didn't even expect that, wait a minute, why is my legs don't constantly throb and why is it, you know, and that was the only thing I changed. And 
So you you so correct me if I'm wrong. You've had lasting effects that have stayed uh, since you had your doses last mm-hmm. summer. Oh yeah. And your your uh, condition hasn't reverted back to its old state. You've kind of noticed it, uh, a marked improvement. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, you know, really, really a lot of improvement. That's why I have to talk about it a lot because. So many people, when they talk about nerve issues and things like that, and one of the very powerful things of, of psilocybin or mushrooms or fungus, and that is that it can regenerate nerves. So um, now that could be bad for somebody with overactive nerves, honestly. There, I have had a couple conversations with people who have been using them to help treat things in similar issues, um, but because their body, they seem to act differently. So it's like, to them, it was causing their nerves to overreact. So it was, it's kind of like having a really horrible version of restless legs all the time. Um, so it just... Oh, man, I can't even imagine that. Feeling. So it's just uh, the, the numbness that we all, you know, kind of have at times. You know, it's... it's a, Yeah, that pins and needles thing. Yeah. I'm wondering, Rob, uh, if you continue to microdose after tour, or what do you... I maintain a, I pretty much, I don't keep a regular regimen. Okay. I usually try to take about once a week because a true good microdose regimen is about every three days. Um, so it's something you don't really need to take every day. Although I did find for my pain issues that taking it every day did help. However, it just helps build it up in the system faster. But also you, um, you know, there's thresholds there. So you kind of have to, back yourself off a day or two anyway. So by doing that, you're kind of doing the same thing. That's the beauty part of it is that a lot of people have found even with one smaller dose is that it really does stay within the system, their system, for about three days where they feel the effects of like, you know, if they're looking for like the Xanax type relief feeling of anxiety or they don't feel like any anxiety for three days. And if they start to feel it, take a little bit more, you know. Yeah, I do. I do um, about weekly. I still taking it weekly. Um, sometimes a little more. When I went and saw Trey for a couple of days on those solo shows, I had a couple of days of fun. So. <laughs> oh man, Trey's been on fire lately. Not to be, not to get sidetracked, but I saw him at the Roadrunner in Boston. That was absolutely crazy. I love that. Yeah, I always, I've seen but, as much but, tab as I can <clears throat> always see. But yeah, I, just being out in the woods and seeing him in these little venues that are, you know, a couple thousand people venues, um, uh, rich musical schools and stuff like that out in the woods. It's just so cool. I love Michigan, <laughs> you know, you know it's, it's like Vermont, but it's not, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> although Trey, he, he's funny. He was here. He kept talking about Michigan, saying about how much he wants to move here. Yeah. Yeah. Then that, that was uh he was he was saying that a lot during the Joby yep, show. Yep. Yeah, Grand Rapids is a great little place, although where he really would should live is Torch Lake, shit like that, up farther up north, Traverse City area. That's nice area. So uh let's move along yeah. a little bit and uh can you t- tell us a little bit about uh Heady Times and what uh, what its aim is? Yeah, Heady Times. Um, Heady Times was an idea that kind of came up. Actually, it, it predates the original company, the Helping Friendly Hemp Company. Um, 
uh, as far as an idea goes. It was just something that I kind of came up with as a name. Um, and it was me and my buddy Dan were just always, you know, the whole heady, you know, the whole lingo talk, the whole ah, brah, and all that. I don't know if we... <laughs> I don't know if we invented that shit, but I swear to God, we invented that shit. Just because it was like, we'd sit around and kind of like, hey, brah, you know, and just kind of do all that shit. Well, it, it was just kind of, uh, you know, funny, you know, <laughs> it kind of, yeah, well, it, it led well, to this yeah. whole, like, what is, you know, heady times? Like, you know, so I started to think as I stopped the other, it started, I didn't stop the other company. I left the other company. Um, when, mm -hmm. uh, when that happened it was kind of like you know i still want to exist in the space of the cannabis world um a lot of people are really burnt out on cannabis right now um no pun intended exactly so many of because it's such a changing business and everything is so high you know it's stressful it's not when it, don't get into cannabis if you think this shit's easy <laughs> you know well, well see that that's that's the misnomer is everybody everybody thinks that you know people that are into weed they're all like every, everybody's all like oh man like you know everything's easy going and uh yeah, all, it, all the regulations uh, all the different things to go through well anyways when that kind of happened and i left the other company it was like i really had the idea to kind of take this name and come up with a cannabis brand the ultimate stoner Wookiee cannabis brand, meaning, uh, you know, and then it kind of sprung out into an idea that somebody said, is that a magazine? And I'd never, and I've been in publishing a long time, so I have a lot of experience in doing that. It was just something I really wasn't thinking of at the time. And then I started to think, wait a minute. Um, yeah maybe a publication would be a good idea in this and how can i create the strongest brand in building something larger that people could identify with and it started to lead me into producing a magazine you know and i've spent the last couple of years especially with the other company i'm still doing it with these companies um sponsoring surrender the flow so make sure that we get that uh -huh. in print each time because I've made a, I really want to make a commitment to Christy and that whole crew that this thing stays in print as much as possible. Um, just because it's this thing that exists, people love it so much. Um, it's. I I know it's one of my favorite things to see when I get when I get out to Dick's. I love it, and um, you know we we actually um, we have a mutual friend that's been talking to Christy, and uh, we. We may actually get a chance to meet her face to face this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last year was the first year I had met her. Uh, Hershey? Was it Hershey? No. God damn. Um, in Vegas. Burp. Well, you were Vegas a little kind of altered. Vegas. Vegas was a blur. Well, you were a little altered. We discovered. It was where's heady heady times the magazine going? Is it going on? Is it going to be virtual? Is it? What do you envision? Um, well, the vision really, um, again, was it's going to be an imprint and online. Okay. Um, I'm kind of using the summer and some tour time and a bunch of people who are writers and photographers during the summer concert season to kind of go out and focus on that. And I wanted to be not just concerts because I also just don't want it to be a cannabis magazine even though 
it all leads to a cannabis brand here in Michigan. You know right. what I mean? Um, it's just that whole brain twist of like, you know, and I'm not lying that, you know, we hopefully we'll be able to pull this off and be able to be in other recreational cannabis states. Got good friends in Massachusetts. I've got good friends and, you know, out in, you know, a couple other states that are kind of booming right now. So hopefully that'll be it. But that's the whole idea is that it would be, a, you know, in print, on the road, um, online, and just trying to build a community that's based around that. And the idea was really, you know, there's so many people who want to just explore again and that's kind of what the basis of the idea of any times it's like it's all part of it spread spread the word bro yeah it's just it's you know what kind of good things can we talk about you know um there'll be part there'll be interviews with some people that i might be some people might find boring but there'll be like people who are um you know guys who are involved in hemp processing or something like that or you know guys who have some famous shit but you never heard of them you know we kind of had this idea of but they won't be hippies you know it may be weird to somebody to read something like that but it's the educational things too because i want to keep educational parts of cannabis the understanding that people even though we're talking about heady times we're talking about going out and having fun we also i consider all cannabis use as medical so you know it's a definitely a part of just education you know why do you feel good from it why has it helped you and and in a weird way it's like people want to say are you just doing high times and no it's not it's will be probably as high times should be <laughs> but um as far as maybe like it used to be uh, as far as its, uh, editorial content goes um maybe um i want more adventure i want more outside of the box stuff you know, um, focusing on things that are, you know, the ADA community as a whole in some of it, um, issues going through with things, focus on having exercise programs and stuff like that. It'll all be part of it. You know, I've got a good friend of mine who wants to help come up with a really easy to do. Um, uh, he is, a he does a Tai Chi. He's a Tai Chi master, so he wants to kind of what kind of things you can do within a sitting position if you have to be sitting and, you know, be able to do movements that would help, you know, because I do a lot of stretching and a lot of things. That's how I try to stay as limber as I can. I actually was part of a chair Reiki session uh, this, uh, I'd say, two weeks ago now. And uh, it was it was actually really cool because the the table is hard to get on and off and uh, it's kind of treacherous when gravity takes over. <laughs> so yeah, doing things from a sitting position usually helps. Yeah. I, so yeah, I definitely feel you there, man. I've been again. I'm, I sit a lot. I do graphic design, so I'm always you know sitting in my chair doing exercises, and a lot of it is I've also lost a lot of weight in the last three, four months um, because of the medical conditions and stuff like that. I really wasn't trying to, um, but it's also, you know, I get, <laughs> you gotta start doing something now because I lost a lot of weight. Well, I know you weren't trying to lose weight, Rob, but weren't we also, we were also talking off camera 
a while ago about wanting to do something as far as improving people's diets, not to lose weight, but to help them deal with their issues. Is that? Oh yeah. That's kind of, you know, you, uh, coming up with good vegan shit, you know, and the whole, you know, just good cooking, things like that. And educational wise to get people a little bit more branched out into, you know, understanding better ways. And maybe just because it's not being presented in a really, I don't want to present it in a really cold kind of way, like, you know, but it also has to be that presence, you know? So I'm still, unfortunately, I have to work through a lot of that portion of it as a designer. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you want to come off as uh, approachable and something that's not sterile or something that's like, you know, reading an engineering text. Yep. Yep. And it's also not going to be completely, the idea behind it is not to be completely advertising driven. So, you know, people who we would probably do ads with would be probably people we are doing features on, meaning that they've probably paid to be in the issue. Um, but it's not going to be like high times where it's just a thousand, you know, ads for nitrous and stuff like yes. that, <laughs> you know, Yeah. but um, that was the basic idea of it was just to kind of be a lifestyle publication, uh, a brand that can people can identify with on a larger scale that I don't think's really being done. You know, there's, I can't think of any actual hippie brands other than the ones we know from the fish community, you know, like, you know, uh, Wilkless or, you know, a couple of the other guys out there who is some of the poster guys, you know, but uh, there's not, you know, anything that sticks out in my head, you know, so maybe be the change you want to see, brother. Exactly. That's kind of what it is. And I like to, with all of it, it all goes back to helping out and giving back, you know, Teddy, Teddy Times is really a, an avenue we can generate awareness, generate, you know, build musical scenes, build the communities that exist. And it's, that's the one thing too. I kind of really wanted to put it out there is that, you know, it's like, you know, we have a lot of different tribes, you know, we have, even with our own communities of fish, you know, we have the different segments of things, you know, tapers, non-tapers, you know, the real. It's almost like religious sex. <laughs> it is. And it's kind of what, you know, in the generalized world, I think, you know, within like the cannabis community, it's not just dead or fish, you know, it's everyone in the world smokes fucking weed. You know what I mean? Except me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Gil, Gil, I'm like the charged. only person left. <laughs> well, you know, that's why then. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's kind of, uh, for me, I see so many different people, you know, I always say you can't, you know, I don't, I'm not, am I political? Yeah. I'm a raging liberal, but I don't really talk about stuff openly just because it's like, it, I, when I started having companies and running businesses, just wasn't worth the fight, you know, of just anger that people have over things. Cause cannabis is one thing that really kind of does bring a lot of people together in a lot of different ways. You know, that's why I say, no matter what you are, it seems to be a lot of different people smoke, <laughs> you know, or at least supportive of it. 
But there definitely is a lot of division in the world today, certainly in the United States. I mean, here we are, three white men talking, and women's rights have been taken away awfully. And yeah, no, it's yeah, it's it's uh, the events over the last uh, little while are very disturbing, and uh, you know we got to do our part to kind of show where we um, want to make changes to make sure everybody's getting what they need. Yep. Cause I mean, that is, you know, there's, as people have said, as they've said with all the different things that, you know, the potentials for other types of decisions, the potentials for other types of reversals um, are really all out there now just because it's pretty much open season as far as them just going down the line and picking off the things they don't like. And, uh, you know, um, the cause of disability um, and, and mm -hmm. the accessibility of things are, um, you know, would they just go away? I don't think so. But the having somebody say that you got to do it, <laughs> good, you know, yeah, that we yeah. don't have to put this little ramp that helps you get up it that we don't have to do this, you know, because, you know, whatever. Because it costs too yeah, much. Because we don't have to, so yeah. why should we? You're three people, you know, that type of thing, you know, versus the masses. So I do, well, that type of thing could, but is it something that would? I don't know. I think society might be a little different on that, but then I never in a million work thought they would reverse row, so. Yeah, so that that being said, we're, we're in a very uh, – very interesting time where things that we think would never happen are happening. Yeah. You know, there, it is, it's a very interesting time. You know, I got two kids, uh, one just graduated and uh, another one in college as well, you know, and you got that whole thing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, so just so much going on with, you know, the world it's, it's there. I have to enter a thing that they spent, you know, my son had two years, basically a college that is remote. <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> that, that's that's mind-blowing you know so this the the way that everything is it's so much you know so not to change the subject so at all you're changing yeah, yeah. the subject uh, tell us more about your wonderful summer and fall tour oh last this summer past summer and this past fall in the, and then again, in the what, what, are you doing, what are you doing this summer? summer? Yeah, what are you doing this summer? So maybe we can meet up. Yeah, um, last summer, I, you know, I had, last summer was my largest summer I've had since I've seen shows since we were, since I was a kid. You know, I say kid, you know, many, many moons ago, um, like 96, 97-ish, probably the most other time I've seen that many shows. So it was like, uh, I think 12 forgetting now um yeah it was a lot of good fun i i had so much fun last summer it was such a great thing i was so glad to get all that out of there and uh be on the road and just kind of be out there um halloween that was such great fun that you know i it was almost worth the COVID i came home with <laughs> you got the door prize yeah huh? yeah it was and, you know, it was one of those things. It was, you get back here, and then two, three days later, you're like, 
Yeah, there were a lot of people in that hot tub that day. <laughs> oh, man. That sounds like COVID shit. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. It was a, that was a lot of fun. I, uh, I had probably the most fun I had at that run in a long time. But then Atlantic City was so much fun, too. That I don't know why I like that place. You know, it's like the dirty Vegas, and Vegas is pretty damn dirty. Um, but... <laughs> um as far as um you know musically i mean what what are you hitting this summer where can we hook up with you this summer i'll be doing um uh be at uh blossom and pine knob uh, because again pine knobs right in my backyard so i've um i was supposed to go to deer creek but i had to bail out of those because i got out from the hospital like two days before the shows and after 15 days, I just had no, I had no muscle strength in my legs. Um, I oh, couldn't man. barely, like, I could walk, but if I had to stand up on myself or, you know, get off the toilet or something like that, it wasn't, it wasn't good at all. Yeah, that's And when not you weigh fun. 300 pounds, falling. It's not, you know. <laughs> not, well, you don't, you don't, you don't weigh 300 anymore. Yeah, I, I'm right around 300. I still am. Oh, I'm a big okay. guy. So he's big guy. You look, you you look, uh, you look pretty good considering, man. Yeah, well, I mean, it's I kind of have to look at it as a horrible way to lose weight, but then also, yeah, kind of have to take things that way. <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. eating better, you know, but at least now I have an appetite. I didn't have an appetite for about a month and a half, two months. Like, I just oh, wow. did not feel like eating didn't care about eating didn't nothing and i would wow. try i would force myself to eat because i had to you know i had to get something in me but i just i just had no yep. inclination none no drive it was really the the aneurysm and stuff like that in my stomach you know the spleen and you know all the other stuff kind of going on and i was also also dealing with kidney stones at that same time which is why i went into the hospital because I had three kidney stones at that point. So the kidney stones, they, I imagine they did all the scoping and they found other stuff. Is that yeah, when he started to go through to look up? for the stones and yeah, it did a, it did a, you know, like they do, uh, ultrasound, CT, MRI. Yeah. And then uh, in the MRI, they did a secondary CT scan in the end just to double check the MRI to double check the original CT. You better have out of a lot of machines. Yeah, bro. yeah. No, I'm supposed to be getting under, supposed to be getting CTs every month. So to keep an eye on the, the masses. Yeah. So, but in that I've Whoa. been taking, you know, one of the things that we talked about with my treatments is, you know, a good dose of RSO every day. Take a lot of Rick's, you know, what they call yeah. Rick Simpson oil. Yeah. Is, is that keeping things at bay? Yeah. Well, I mean, as far as definitely pain and inflammation wise and those types of thing goes, um, hopefully with what you can see in a scan better, I'd like to be able to see whether or not the masses that they have, if they go away. Well, let, let's, uh, hope and send good vibes to you that that, um, that doesn't progress and it starts to shrink and go away. But telling me, we've been spending, um, you know, the, the times we've gotten together now, um, you know, I'd like to get together with you live. So 
um, we got we got to find find a way to make that happen. Yeah. And you, you said you, you're doing two runs this summer. And we're not going to be uh, either one. So that's a good thing. Yeah. No. Well, we have to yeah. see about fall then. You know. I mean, sure, there'd be something around fall. You know, they said there was. They well, said there's no more tour, but yeah, I mean, no, it's being announced, but. You got those other West Coast shows, aren't there? I I kind of want to go to Dix. It's just a matter of being able to pull it off. Yeah, we'll we'll be at Dix. Okay. Would um the the cool thing is is every show I'm going to this summer, Al's gonna be with me. Okay, awesome. So he he's he's coming East cool. Coast. So it, it, it's gonna be an adventure for all of us. Um, yeah, he's gonna get to explore some new territory. We're doing uh, Great Woods, Bangor, uh, and then. Uh, MPP, and we're gonna finish off at Dicks. So if there if there's a way you can get to Dicks, yeah, that would probably be the uh, one I could probably pull off, just because of it's later in the year, and it actually seems like there's tickets it, but around for it. it. It's it's four nights now too, which is gonna be an endurance test. <laughs> it's always good. Come on. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, and the thing is. This year, I have to thank my my partner in crime because he was the one he he bought a four day in anticipation that I would say yes because I originally thought I wasn't going to be able to make it this year and uh, I was like like hell you're not. Well, I met <laughs> you there. We're going there together, buddy. We're, every summer we can, or you can. Yeah. Right on, I'm man. Excited I... about coming out to Great Woods in, next week. I'm excited about going to Mary MPP with you um, and the gang and all. We have gangs everywhere on tour. On lot. Yeah, yeah. On lot. Yeah. We get quadraphonic. We're, we're getting, getting quadraphonic big time. Big time, man. Uh, there you go. Uh, Rob, have there been any particular uh, venues on, that you've seen, either Fish or any other concerts at, where the ADA is particularly wonderful? Um, you know, these two little, it was interesting. It is interesting because I find that, um, well, the fact that we can order ADA seats during mail order. That was huge. I actually remember so that. In that, we did that for everyone we had done. Now, I had to bail out of Deer Creek, but these seats were in no way actual ADA seats. However, they were sold as ADA seats. My The seats that my friends sat in, they were all worried. They went to the lady. They're like, they're like, she's like, don't worry about it. She goes, these aren't really ADA seats. They sold them as it. They are, but whatever. They were literally fifth row center wow so all three nights bam right there <laughs> now you're like you know like risk beyond where the pit is like two rows beyond where the pit is so it's like you know it might have been like six eight rows or so but really right up in there that's um, nice that's awesome and if i was able to stand unfortunately right right now i wasn't then i wasn't able to stand for very long and if I was able to stand, it would have been no big deal for me. I get up and move around because I do dance. Um, but uh, I couldn't stand. I would be sitting the whole time. So in the end, I was, you know, kind of thinking to myself, eh, kind of glad I'm not there just because I really wouldn't have been able to enjoy those seats at all. I would have been staring at somebody's butt, <laughs> you know. 
Which is the common view from a wheelchair. <laughs> I know, that's what I mean. That's one of the things that I want to see happen, just better sight lines for everybody. You know, after that whole Vegas, you know, fiasco of just how messed up that whole situation was. But I do think that things might be a little better now. Um, those two Trey solo shows that I saw, it was pretty interesting because they were small venues, but um, the one had like, two little areas right off to the sides on both like sides that were what they call white chair areas and it was for standing up chairs that weren't like lawn chairs but it was really nice because it again got me like 10 rows 10 15 rows back from tray you know i was really pretty much on top of them then the next night i had they were just normal seats but really far in you know again five six rows back so anytime i can sit that close and you know have fun, I just think. Membership has its privileges. Yep, it's uh, that's the other thing too. You know, making sure for years I fought having a placard and, you know, using my cane and all the stupid shit because I was a dumbass. And uh, you know, um, the, the whole thing is just being a park closer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, saving my legs. The French saving the legs, you know, the, for the inside the show, you know, versus just getting into the show or getting out of the show, you know? So as far as, you know, it'll be interesting because um, I think the one in Blossom, the ADA section, because we did get ADA there, is deep in too. So should be interesting mm -hmm. to see what those end up being like. Awesome. And Pine Knob, it's just at the top of the pavilion. So I pretty much know that's the game on that one. So. So um, is that like a, a last row sort of thing after the roof yeah. ends? It's there's like two, three, like it's kind of like one or two rows ish, but it goes all the way around the backside. So I mean, there's a lot of it, but there's nothing deep in. Well, I want to throw in that this summer I was expecting, uh, I went to see Denton Company at Dodger Stadium, which is never ever a good situation for ADA and I said I'd never go back there but when I purchased the tickets I was able to get ADA tickets on the field and we are on a raised platform on the field and they they let us go in a special entrance it was no problem so I really appreciated that as you said yeah. the tickets were ADA they yeah. took care of us. It's cool to see, and that's the thing of happen of switching for all these other ticketing systems. To be honest with you, you know, because Ticketmaster controls it all. You know what I mean? So yeah. they can, you know, there's more availability for them to just simply sell them that way. Versus, here's fifty percent goes to Fish, fifty percent goes to Ticketmaster, and then you know, they just figure it out with us and the other side. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah, but yeah. Um, now that you bring it up, Rob, when I was buying buying tickets or trying to buy tickets for Great Woods in Bangor, um, when the tour uh, dropped, it was really nice to see um, you know two day packages with ADA included as an option because mm -hmm. that's I don't think it's ever been an option before. You always have to. Um, make some sort of like that uh, the way I'm going to say it is a back alley mm -hmm. deal 
you know, you may make a phone call afterwards or you call a special number. Or when you or get into the thing and you that, walk in and the guy says, um, do you want to sit here yeah. versus there? <laughs> and I'm like, that's how I got into Halloween on that last night uh, where I was sitting because I had it in the very last row at the top. Wow. And we walked in because I always walk in early, walked in with my cane. The guy was like, do you want to sit in the ADA section here? And I said, looked at my buddy and I said, why, well, yes, I do. <laughs> and it had its own issues <laughs> because of the people walking on you and stepping in front of you and all that. But it also wasn't the very last rule. <laughs> right. And that's all, that's always much better. Yeah. I had, I had a Denville situation myself the first time they played Worcester. Um, wait, I think it was back in 2015. We, we had purchased seats that were behind the stage, which, you know, for, for the dead, it's really, that's just as entertaining as being out front. But, um, I didn't want to have to make the steep climb and take my life in my hands. And we ended up in, you know, I think we paid 60 or $80 for our original seats and we ended up in $240 seats. (laughs) So it was a good trade off. It kind of works that way sometimes. Well, but it is good to see things are changing a little bit for everybody. I agree. I agree. Uh, I would have to also say that at Madison Square Garden this year, I've never been there before, and only fish can reschedule New Year's Eve. Um, but I I was able to I, because of that choice to put in when I made my request, I requested all ADA seats. Well, one of the four nights they didn't give me ADA seats. I was the first one into Batson Square Garden, and they were great about switching it over to an ADA seat. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, most of them, as long as if you're early, I mean, early is always the key, honestly, because, you know, when everything's going down and people are coming in, you know, they don't want to deal with whatever, but you see so many people who just wait the last minute for everything. <laughs> you know? Well, that being said, if, if quadraphonic teaches nothing, I wanted to teach people that, you know, early, early is the word. Oh, yeah. You get there, you get there early and things happen. Get in there early and then you're usually one of the, for me, I'm usually one of the last ones out of there. Yeah, but I do think things are, might be helping getting a little bit better. At least it seems to be, especially in, within our communities, you know, as far as, you know, obviously with the dead, because you can't, I can't imagine that their section ain't huge. You know what I mean? I see how big the fifth sections are getting as far as now. Well, we're, we're all, we're all getting That's up what I mean. There. We're all, it's an aging <laughs> fan base. We're all, and I, I'm 54 and, next week, so. <laughs> well, man, what? Hey, when's your when's your birthday? Uh, the 11th. Okay, mine's the okay. 17th. Got lots. Of... So we're pretty yeah, close. My brother's the 18th. Well, happy early. Well, happy early oh, right birthday, on. Rob. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Well, I'll get older, as I said. I can. Well, see, back when uh, Alan and I started this quadraphonic thing, um, you know, one of one of the tenants we started it off of was. Uh, you know, able-bodied is a temporary thing. I mean, as the fan base ages, they're going to need more and more accommodation. So that's why we're here now, yeah. <laughs> laying some groundwork. Yeah, you know? and it's interesting because, you know, it's what I also think is it's not always just 
us, you know, who has, you know, chronic issues or whatever. Um, the biggest thing. No, there are people with temporary the tour, the tour injuries, as I call them. There are so many of them are, are awoken, you know, by their experience of having to like deal with like, not just walk into a show or how people treat you in line or, you know, whatever, you know, some of the things that, you know, I remember some of the stuff of last summer in Hershey, just people trying to cut lines and picking the people who were handicapped, you know, and getting in front of them and using us as their way of getting in and moving up line because they didn't think anybody would stand up to them. But uh, yeah, they, they don't work with me. That's <laughs> not cool. It's one, it's one person with a disability and a caregiver. I mm -hmm. can't bring, that's not bringing the whole posse. We wouldn't want to bring in the whole posse. Oh yeah. And that's a, you know, especially when you have the platforms and stuff like that. And I think most people are relatively pretty good with that. Um, I just talked to a friend of mine who, um, the guys who, uh, see the show, those guys, um, Dan, who runs that organization, um, does a lot of the fish, larger fish events and things like that for the sections. Um, they just did, uh, you know, electric forest here and, and, uh, cool. you know, even at within that thing, my friend is, um, she has issues and, you know, each year is just another set of different things. You know, she goes, this year is better, but, you know, it's that whole, you know, they make it the best they can. If it wasn't for that crew doing it for them, though, I couldn't imagine it being a very fun time. You'll never, I'm sorry, but you'll never catch me at Electric Forest. <laughs> Too many bands. Well, that's that's just it. You got to kind of pick Too and choose. Too many bands. And th this, this, this summer for me is going to be about trying some spaces I've never been to. Like I've, I've never been to Bangor and I've never been to MPP and I've heard MPP is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. So looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah. No, I, like I said, I would like to right now, if I could, man, I'd be gone if I could <laughs> just go see it all. Well, just go see it all. You got some, you got some stuff to take care of, brother, and we'll be pulling There's for you. Yeah. So this year, I'm pretty much just sticking with what I can get to. Seeing, you know, I'm going to, I actually bought tickets to see Billy Strings the other day because he's doing a couple of Michigan shows. I've kind of gotten into him like a lot of people have. Um, he's a Michigan boy, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. Got some friends of him who are like actual old high school friends of his. So it's kind of cool. You know, it's, it's a neat yeah, little yeah. tie into things. Um, but um, I'm actually... Be interesting to see a different type of band, honestly. And I just got tickets to Billy's Strings too. That's a great thing. I've yeah, seen yeah, them once yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen actually live yet, but I've like friends of mine have been seeing him since he was like fourteen, playing in like the local bars around uh, Grand Haven, Michigan, and stuff. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, but uh, his uh, his growth right now is pretty amazing. And you know. Well, what, what I love about his situation is, you know, people that we consider the masters are kind of like, hey, look at this kid, and they're inviting him in, and they're giving him space, and what's what's awesome about it is he's humble, and he he knows when to pick his spots, he knows when to yield, he's, he's great like oh, that. Yeah. I, I have a thing that, honestly, when it comes to him, I think there's only two people who should ever sing Jerry Garcia lyrics. And that's Warren Haynes and him. Um, that's just my take. 
Yeah. I don't ever want to hear John Mayer ever sing any one of Jerry's songs. <laughs> I just, I just don't <laughs> like Mayer. I did never have. <laughs> well, it's all right. You can say it here. So, You're uh, you, know, you can you can say it here. It's all right. I, I don't know. I just uh, old and company, as they say, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty old as it is, so I guess it doesn't. You know. well, yeah, it's uh, you know, we're we're part of that school, like we were just saying, we're getting older, and you know, it's uh, it's good to see a kid coming in and shaking stuff up, and then keeping true to it. You know, it's uh, just treating it in a way that is, you know, with respect of singing. Oh, he's he's got a, he's got a reverence yeah, for, and that comes from being the type of people who's played with prior to that, even. Like I said, him being real open about going and seeing fish numerous times, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, being really open about that situation. And he's been playing fish songs for quite a while, actually, you know, covers, you know, a couple of years, yeah. you know. He also plays quite a few widespread panic songs, too, which is kind of another band I used to really be into. I, yeah, I never jumped on the widespread train, but, you know, there are a few, a few songs that, when I catch them, I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, I recognize that. It's been that. a lot of years for me to where I could really get into them. <laughs> it's kind of like string cheese. I just, eh, it's all right. <laughs> well, it's a matter of taste for Exactly. Some. That's why it's the and, tribes. Uh, and, That's why and, I talked to mention about, like, with heady times, you know, it's like, how do we bring all these different things together? You know, all these different opinions, groups. Opinions and, you know, some world stuff. And, yeah. It, you, know. you want to be all inclusive, but how do you be all inclusive? That's the real, the real conundrum. Yep, yep. But that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's the that's the challenge. Indeed. Well, well, we want to thank yeah. you very much for your time, Rob. And it's yeah. been wonderful catching up with you. And I'm sure our fan base will love listening to you, the Quadraphonic fan base. And we hope to see you next tour, or maybe even this year at Dix. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Hey, man, yeah, let let us know if you uh, if something pops loose and you end up coming out there. We'll we'll have yeah, to hang. Yeah, for sure, I will definitely. You know. Well, we're gonna stay in touch anyway, regardless, because yeah, yeah. you know you you're part of us now, and you know we're part of you, yeah. so we're gonna help each other yeah, out. Yep. Lots lots of stuff to go and do, and educate and get people into perfect thanks rob cool man right thanks on, for having right on. me yeah i think this was good awesome really enjoyed it cool.
welcome back. This is Quadraphonic Season 2, Episode 2. And we have a second guest on tonight's episode, Eileen Riley. Eileen, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. I'm Eileen, and um, I'm an artist and a big fish fan. And I met Al at um, Mansfield show the first night. It's my first night back in uh, quite a few years. So I had a really good time and it was really nice to meet Al. Now I'm here. So it was, uh, I think it was meant to be. <laughs> I would agree. That's how all our guests end up here when it's meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> We had such a wonderful experience watching the show together and learning about each other's disabilities. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about your, not only your disability, but a little bit about your childhood, a little bit more about your art and your working and where you want to go, Eileen, we'll follow your driving. Okay, yeah. Well, um, I grew up in a very um, small town. I grew on the ocean, which was really beautiful. And um, I was really fortunate to do that. And I love, I'm still living in the same area, not the same town, but the same area. And I go to the beach often. Um, and my artwork really uh, relates to my childhood and my life and it's um i'm doing collage right now and uh i'll send you some pictures but they are really about i use all of the things that come in through the mail for me and little tags i would be if we had still had paper tickets i would probably use a paper ticket uh, but I build on that and I create an image out of the collages and out of all of my materials. So it ends up being a story about not only the image that I've created, but it's a story about me too. So I'm really, and my friends who are also, I have a lot of artist friends and they are just loving it and encouraging me. Uh, because it's it seems like a direction that I want to keep moving in. And I actually have an opportunity. I just won an, <clears throat> excuse me, I just won an award for one of my collages. And that was in my hometown at um, in Westport, Massachusetts. Yay. <laughs> um, and I, um, I won that award and the woman who awarded me the award, she was, she is the curator at a museum. And so now I'm going to try and get, I've become a member at the museum and there are opportunities for me to show at the museum. So not only oh, am I showing, time. yeah, so I'm showing in galleries constantly i've just been doing that for a, a long time now but um if i can move into ga into museums then i really will feel like i've 
I've accomplished something, you know, that I've, my dream has come true. Absolutely. That's incredible. Um, yeah. So as far as your art goes, what would you say really inspires you? Um, you know what stories inspire me? There are, I like to tell stories about people. So I do some figurative work, but I do a lot of animals and their, um, their like spiritual meanings and their, um, their, what they represent, uh, um, you know, if, as, as a symbol. Uh, so like I did just recently, um, this wolf and it's, it's called, uh, she wolf and it has all sorts of papers that I created in my regular life. Um, and then, you know, some other papers to make the make up the black parts and the gray parts, but the white parts, I all is all papers that I've collected from, um, I'll have to, I probably could show you that. Um, I'll send you a picture. I'll send you a I picture. It's I great. would love to see that. Yeah. And I hope you do end up breaking into, uh, breaking into museums from galleries. Then we can say we have famous guests on Quadraphonic. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. I would love to help you out that way. <laughs> and I'd like to add, Eileen, that I think you have, I think you have new goals, but I think you've surpassed your original go goals way in the past. Just knowing you and what you've talked about already. Mm hmm. Yeah, I um. I've overcome a lot of things. I really have. I um, I found out that I was bipolar in really in 2011 when I I lived in uh, St. Louis and in Denver for a little while, and I moved back home from there, and I ended up. Um, just having a horrible time, just not um, not understanding what I was going through and trying to self-medicate. And um, what I found, what I ended up with, I ended up going into the hospital and I uh, was treated for bipolar. And um, I, they gave me the wrong medication. They gave me lithium and it made me feel awful and i didn't want to trust them and i didn't want to take that medication for sure so i um i'm sorry i say um all the time i'm trying to stop that <laughs> so i uh uh where was i uh the medication no um yeah, the medication. They tr so eventually I stopped taking the medication altogether, and I ended up in the hospital again in 2015. And at that point, I had had a major manic episode, and I was having hallucinations and audible hallucinations and visual hallucinations also. 
and I was really scared and I didn't know what was happening to, to me and I didn't believe that I was bipolar. Um, but then I went into the hospital again and I realized that there was some indeed something wrong <laughs> and I needed to fix it because I was ruining relationships in my life because of it. Um, so I agreed and I said, you know, I, I'm going to give it a shot. And I, they put me on, at first they put me on a medication for bipolar that uh, was an older medication. Um, and it, it made me gain a lot of weight. And then I had a new doctor that put me on something that uh, was newer and didn't you know didn't affect my metabolism like the other one did and i lost all the weight so that was good <laughs> um but uh let's see where where else would you like me to go um i'd like to hear a little bit more about what led you to having heart surgery oh okay sure um whew. I just feel very fortunate that I I feel like this was this gave me a second lease on life. If I had grown up in the you know in the 50s or 60s, I probably wouldn't be alive right now. And so now I just feel I feel so strong and so I just feel like limitless, you know. Um, and I love that feeling. And I think I brought that feeling to the show on Thursday and Friday night. <laughs> and so. um, yeah, and I think that's why we hit it off so well. I went to California with my sister and a few friends to celebrate my sister's 50th birthday party. And I was um, in, it, we were in Mammoth Lakes, California. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's 8,000 feet in um, elevation, which caused me to have uh, congestive heart failure. And there, it was it was so terrible because I was I couldn't. As soon as I got to Mammoth Lakes, I didn't even go hiking yet. But as soon as I got to Mammoth Lakes. I couldn't breathe and um, I had to go to the hospital and they told me I had congestive heart failure. And I was really surprised because I had been having troubles with my lungs. And I don't know if you know what congestive heart failure is, but it's when your heart pumps fluids out of your heart and into your lungs. And so that's why I was having trouble breathing. And that's why I was looking into my lungs and trying to see what was wrong with my lungs, not my heart. So um, long story short, I had to come back from California and go home. And I got a great doctor and they said, you know, we have to perform surgery because your mitral valve is... Um, it's leaking into your your uh your your 
lungs and it's going to keep on happening. And uh, they asked me, they said, aren't you really tired all the time? And I was like, yeah, I actually am really tired all the time. And um, so they told me that there was another, they, I had to have a catheterization, which is very similar to what I just talked about. Um, they had to put a, uh, a tube through my groin and up into my chest to see what my heart looked like. So it was a camera that they put in there. And um, they said they saw that not only was my mitral valve malfunctioning, but one of my other mal valves was malfunctioning as well. And it was taking up the slack from the the malfunctioning mitral valve so that was a problem too so they said you know we can't do this um without going open heart so um they said since you are uh you are functioning okay right now you don't have to rush it and i didn't want to rush into it because i had plans to go to florida and I had plans to have an art show. And I had, it was my first actual um, solo show. And so I ended up waiting and going to Florida where I couldn't walk. You know, I'd walk a few steps and I would be out of breath. So that was really a bad idea. Um, and then I had my art opening and I ended up in the hospital that night with congestive heart failure again. So um, they didn't, I thought they were going to make my, uh, my operation come a little bit faster because of that, but they didn't. It, it was in February and I was really nervous at first. I mean, who wouldn't be, right? I mean, they had to just people were telling me about what they were going to do. And I'll tell you what they did do. They had to saw through my breastplate and open up my breastplate with clamps. And they actually sew a part of your, a part of your, uh, I guess it was part of my breast. They sew it, um, the inside up to up here so that you can't so that it's not in the way when they're having the operation i was like that sounds terrible but it still actually hurts a little bit right here and um it was uh there was a lot that i went through um <clears throat> in the operation uh the operation was a total success the doctor told me after the operation that it was a complete success and even the the other valve that wasn't working very well started working as soon as they repaired the mitro valve so they repaired it with a um a, a metal and electronic valve that is basically going to last longer than me <laughs> so um and i had some recovery time in the hospital i was really determined to get out of there oh sorry go ahead 
I want to know how the art show go. Oh, how the art show went. It went fantastically. It really did. I sold over $700 worth of paintings. Yay. And um, yeah, I was really excited. And um, <clears throat> it was great for my friends too, because it was my friend's gallery. And yeah, since then I've just had, um, just, you know, having an open, sh your own sh solo show is a big deal for an artist. And now I'm having another one in 2023 that I'm preparing for now. And Excellent. yeah, the show was fantastic. I had a great uh, crowd. Yeah, it was great. Go ahead. That's excellent. So um, my next question is, how does um, music figure into either your recovery from your surgeries or does it help you when you're practicing your art? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, I love to put on music when I'm practicing art, when I'm, uh, I dance in my living room, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I do. I, um, and when I, I've just started working larger than I used to work, I used to work maybe no larger than 16 by 20 but now I'm working like three foot by four foot. And oh, wow. you put that's your, big. Yeah, and it's so nice because you put your whole body into it. It's great. And that's when I'm listening to music. And let me tell you, it is a big influence. And I even write things in, like lyrics in. To, I might cover it up halfway, but I write lyrics into the piece sometimes, you know, from really feeling it. Do you have favorite go-to songs or artists that you like to listen to when you're doing your thing? Um, not songs so much, but artists, yes. I, um, I love listening to Fish, of course. I love listening to Bob Dylan. I love listening to, um, who else? Uh, let me see. I love listening to uh, what? Have, oh, the Rolling Stones. It's good for me. It keeps me pumped up. Right. Um, yeah, those are my those are my go tos for sure. Well, I can see why you would probably throw a lot of Dylan lyrics in when you're doing some art. I'm I'm sure yeah. that that, uh, that you know basically brings in some of the uh some of the inspiration for sure oh yeah he's he's brilliant i mean what a poet and i definitely want to attest to you dancing your butt off at that show with <laughs> in mansfield we were having a good old time uh do yeah tell me a little bit more because we we're talking a little bit about this at the show people obviously know that i have disabilities when i see my walker but i think it was a little different for in your case it was different in my case because a couple of times i got stopped by the the guards or i don't know what you call them <laughs> but they uh stopped me and were like come on get out of this section and the thing is, is that then I realized I should probably tell Al what's wrong with me. So he's probably wondering too, because you can't see it. 
you can't see my the only time you can see my illness is if you see my scar um and even my scar is really it's not very visible so um and my bipolar as well which is also a disability um you can't see that either so i have a hard time with people uh, believing that i belong in that section you know and this is my first round of doing this i've never been in that section before and it was incredible because you can really see the stage so i thought that was wonderful um but i did get stopped by one guy who said one of the guards who said um i said no i'm supposed to be here and he says impossible <laughs> uh, but i had to show him my ticket yeah the whole mm -hmm. visible versus invisible disability thing is something that you know someone like myself i mean i have cerebral palsy so when I go to shows, I'm uh, I'm in a chair, so people mm. see me from miles away. They can see from space that you know I belong in ADA. But someone with a hidden or invisible condition like yourself, they immediately mm. want to uh, you know blockade you out. And you know it's it's yeah. a situation where you know there needs to be more sensitivity and. I guess more more of a uh, an understanding, and that's that's tough when you know you're in a show situation and you know people make snap decisions and they don't take time to talk because they're dealing with crowds and you know whatever may be on their minds. And yeah, it's it's definitely a situation that uh, you know people aren't always aware of. Mm hmm. Yeah, and you know what? There's just such a stigma with um, mental illness that you know people don't want to hear it. They don't believe it that it's even true. So they're you know, and I don't know, but about you, Al. But sometimes I feel like really overwhelmed in a show, and I have to get a breather. You know, and it's not like I have to go to the parking lot and get away from everything. I just have to go, you know, uh, to the, where everybody are, is, is doing the same thing as me, just like resting or, you know, it's just, I need to get away sometimes. Absolutely. And um, it's- I, I'm very similar yeah, to it, you that way. I mean, I get winded at times dancing my butt off. I get, uh, just yep. feeling like I want to just take walk away from the action for a little while and just yeah and you know what that is nice to be able it's to self-care mm -hmm. yeah yeah it is and it's nice to be able to just walk out when you you don't have to walk through all these stairways and um you know uh, seats to get to where you need to be and it's that's that's what I really liked. And I liked having space to dance. <laughs> yes, yeah. A lot of times in ADA, people who don't belong there try to take it over and make it their own space. So it's a good thing that I think the staff there this year was 
pretty good about keeping things as open as they could. They weren't really perfect over on my side. We got a little congested, but I had an usher in my section that promised me that she was going to come dance with me. And when they dropped into rock and roll, she started high stepping like you wouldn't believe. And it just made me laugh and smile so hard because she was way into the show and I didn't expect that. And that's I talked, awesome. Yeah, I talked to her a little bit before the show started and she had a history playing piano and keyboards. And I said, well, wait till you see Paige. He's going to blow your mind. And as a matter of fact, he did. He didn't disappoint her. So that was nice. really, it was really neat to see the staff kind of getting into it with us. So it was awesome. Yeah. What section were you sitting in? Uh, we were over in eight. We, we were extreme page side. Um, okay. Just uh, after like, um, kind of like, um, well, section eight is like the section right before the lawn, but we were at the very front of it. So we we were down deep in the pavilion. So you, you oh. guys were you guys in like four or five? We were in four. We were in section one, weren't we? Oh, it was section four. Yeah, it was section I think it was four. Section C four. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but the first and the night, next night I was in section five. The first night I I should have been. I was in the first night I was in the wrong seat. We should have met Eileen, but I'm glad we did. We met for the right, we met because the, because fate would have it. I was actually supposed yeah. to be mm. as low as you were, Dwayne, but on section four, the ushers just didn't believe me. So when I went back for the second night, I told the security, I sold them my ticket and he, the ushers found their manager. I said, I'm down there. And the police officer, the security walked me down there. So I didn't, cause I told them I didn't know where to go. And so I was just about, I think I was as low as you Dwayne the second night. Okay. I was so on Mike's side. Okay. So you were up high Mike's side night one and then down low Mike's side night two. Right. All right, because yeah, I kept looking for you night one because we were rocking our shirts, <laughs> and uh, it was funny because the the quadraphonic t-shirts that we have, a uh, couple people actually stopped me and they thought it was a nod to uh, the song quadraphonic toppling. And I said, well, as a matter of fact, no, let me tell you what this is about. And I told them about about the podcast. So I think we got two new fans on night one at least. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Great. Well, I'm a new fan. <laughs> well, right on. See, that's what we like to do is a little audience participation. I, I, I love the fact that Al found you and he brought you on right away. Yeah, yeah that was great. Speaking of the Quadrophonic t-shirts, I wore them this Sunday night when I went to see the Black Rose in Santa Barbara. And there were some other people who were like, what's that shirt about? They thought it was Quadrophonic sound. And when I told them about the podcast, I have a couple people that I'm sure they're going to listen. Well, see, that's cool. We're, we're spreading the word. I love it. Yeah, it's it's nice to have open-minded people. Well, that that being said, I mean, mental illness is real. It's, mm -hmm. it's with us, it's among us, and it's something that should not be ignored. So I'm glad 
someone like you is here to talk about it, to show that you are a person who is creative and intelligent and someone who really takes the time to articulate and speak what's on your mind. So I'm very glad that you yourself are not afraid to talk about it because a lot of people that have mental illness, you know, they, they feel a degree of being ashamed and they want to, they want to, mm. you know, tuck it under the carpet or, you know, just kind of pretend that it's not there and nobody gets better when that happens. So thank you. Thank exactly. you for being, thank you for being open and honest with us. And Absolutely. I, I think that's, I want to share the components of late onset Tay-Sachs in addition to needing the walker because I have physical issues, but mental health is also a component of uh, late onset Tay-Sachs and that's being treated as well. So prior to needing the walker, I had the mental health issues. So, um, you know, I definitely had never been someone afraid to talk about it. In fact, I used to work in mental health until I wasn't able to do it anymore. I have a master's in psychology in marriage and family therapy. So I've always, wow. so mental health is just as important as physical health, I believe. And I thank you, Eileen, it as is. well for sharing with us. Of course, yeah. I um, yeah, well, you know what was really important for me? I had a lot of support. And um, I mentioned that I was I lived in Denver and and um, I lived in St. Louis for a little while, and I live in Massachusetts now, um, and grew up here, um, but um. I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Uh, okay. Where was I going with? Uh, I knew that was going to happen sooner or later. Yeah, where in Mass oh, are you? I mean, what I was going to say, I had where in St. Louis, in St. Louis, Missouri. No, no, and well, I live. Where, where in Mass are you? Oh, where in Mass? I live yeah. in Fall River. Okay. And it's, yeah, it's close to the Cape. Yeah, right on. I'm in Mass too. I'm in Lemonster, which is about 20 miles oh. north of Worcester. Oh, cool. So yeah, if you if you ever want to hook up at a show, let's uh let's stay in contact. Oh, absolutely. I would love that. I would love Absol that. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> I love meeting new friends, especially friends that are fish fans. It's so nice. And I, I've just been looking for new friends and I have found a lot of them. It's been really wonderful. Well, good. You can add me now to your collection. Excellent. <laughs> I'd love to hear a little bit more about your experience as at live music, whether you want to talk about Mansfield or in meeting me or you, not so much meeting me, but more like what your experience was at the live show, being disabled, or at another concert? Have you seen Dylan, or have you seen the Rolling Stones, or anyone else? Ah, yeah. Well, you know what? I never knew that I was entitled to have special treatment. 
at a concert but i have recently found that out because my friend is very proactive and she also had open heart surgery and she's the one who told me she's like you know you can get there's a lot of things you can do that you're entitled to and so i said you know what if i'm entitled to that then i'm gonna do it um and it has been so much better um and i can only say that i experienced that only twice but um my experience was i enjoyed the show so much and not just because they were playing well but because i felt protected and that was a that was a really good feeling um absolutely um i as far as fish goes i've been seeing them for a long time i've been seeing them since 95 and um like it took a long break there in 2011 because probably because of my mental health and um but now i feel like i'm back on the train so glad to hear <laughs> and, that yeah yeah There's no better just, feeling than that yeah it's it's so good um and you know there uh there are so many friendly people that i've met there were a couple times that i met some downers um but they were young and just dumb you know um <laughs> but for the most part really nice people that i've met mm -hmm. that's excellent yeah so what about um picking some music for the show what let's um let's see do you have any tunes that you are like go-to tunes that you like to listen to that maybe get you up in the morning or get you inspired to start your art or something that picks you up when you're feeling down um yeah i really love chop dust torture okay. and yeah, that's one of my go-tos because I just, you know, I'm getting older <laughs> and yeah. I love that line. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, so that's one of my pick-me-up songs for sure. All right. And let's see. Uh, um, I really tend to, when I when i want to uh create i tend to put on the rolling stones a lot because they really get me dancing and it's not that fish doesn't get me dancing they do but i save fish for when i'm dancing in the living room you know they <laughs> i put them on yeah I put so, them on sometimes so the sort of the stones like for dancing in the kitchen or dancing in your art space and then fish is for the living room and then you know yeah maybe maybe dylan for the bedroom i don't know like maybe <laughs> but i love i really do love music and i love going to live concerts and i have to actually thank my ex-husband for that because he was the one who got me into fish and um we always went to live concerts so it was it was just something that i've continued to do and enjoy so much 
and I have a lot of being an artist and living in a very artsy uh, area, not in Fall River so much, but um, New Bedford is a very artsy area that I'm very connected to because I belong to a gallery there. And um, so I have a lot of musical friends too. So cool. I'm actually, yeah, actually my friend that just passed away uh, was a drummer in um, a band, a local band. And um, uh, it was, it's been such a heartache for everybody in this community to, oh, to lose someone in please. the musical. Yeah, it's sorry. I just had to, um, if I'm a little, uh, I'm, I think I've been okay, but I, I'm a You've little upset okay. tonight. Okay. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you're feeling emotional, that's all right. This is a safe place. Yeah, for thank it. you. Thanks. I feel safe. I really do. You guys are great. Awesome. Well, let me tell you a little bit about my um, experience as an artist, maybe. Sure. I can absolutely. Tell you that. Okay. Um, well, I always um, wanted to be an artist. And that was from a very young age, from the time I was probably about six years old, when I was just coloring and I started mixing the colors of the crayons. And my mom was like, wow, that's really cool. Like I started shading with blue on a green surface. And my mom was like, wow, you know, that's really, so I got encouraged by my family very much. So you and had, I had an eye early on. Yeah, yeah, I did. And I ended up, um, after college, I ended up teaching in a private school uh, with my bachelor's degree because it was a private school and they didn't require a master's degree. So that was good because I, um, I have really been fighting getting a master's degree. I've gone back and forth with whether or not I need to get one. Um, and I've decided that I don't need to get one. And um, I don't want to spend any more money on my education. So I've just really been branching out and trying to do the best that I can, like just trying to do what I learned in college and that's like, I have this one saying, that's my mantra and it's always push it further, you know? So I could start off with um, a design for like an idea that I have. Like I, I, I just did these two girls that are, uh, their faces are, you can only see one half of one girl's face and half of the other girl's face it's in a show right now and so their eyes are close together and it's called kindred and um i love that piece yeah it's really it's a really nice piece and it's all it's all uh collage but i had to push it a little bit further than what i like i could start off with just a regular painting but I've been going into this collage and really starting to make reliefs um, 
and uh, no one is doing that. So I'm getting really excited about the fact that I'm doing something that other people are excited about too. So um, I, I taught for five years at a private high school and um, I loved teaching. If you can see behind me this large painting, that was one of my students' paintings. It's got a mirror in front of it that my boyfriend has to put up. But um, that was one of my students' works. And I have other uh, students' works in my house that they just gave me. They were. Um, such a joy for me but i didn't have such a happy experience with the administration so i um and i felt that i really wasn't pursuing my art career very well because i was putting all of my effort into uh teaching and um actually it was i really felt taken advantage of because I did all of their set designs and for all the plays that they had and all of the um, productions that they would have, like graduation and prom and all of that. So um, I worked my butt off there. I really did. And it wasn't really appreciated. Yeah. Eileen, it sounds to me like uh, you didn't feel free enough to to explore your passion of art. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, I did it. I am. I am. And you know what? It's I for so long, I kicked myself in the butt for quitting that job because it was a steady, stable job. And I had benefits and a retirement. And I was just like, you are so dumb for quitting that job. You were so stupid. But you know what? Now I'm so happy. I'm so I'm thrilled now because now I'm on disability um, before my bipolar because I couldn't hold down a job before, which was it was really difficult for me. Um, I would always have problems with people with with administration or management. And um, yeah, it got so bad that I had to go on disability. And I'm, I'm so grateful now that I have the time to spend making my art and actually hoping that someday I won't have to be on the disability that I'm making money just on my art. So, and, and I, know, I know that day's coming. So I, f I feel good. <laughs> Well, we're pulling for you. It's definitely, Thanks. it's very cool when uh, we hear about people that realize dreams. It's a, it's a great feeling. And when we lift each other and celebrate that, there's nothing better. So I wish you the best. Thank you. I appreciate that.
fun's not over yet. We got a couple of a couple more friends who are going to come out and play this last two years. Very excited about this. Please uh, give a warm hand for Mr. Buddy Miles and Mr. Merle Saunders. You don't mind if we do a Bob Dylan to you.
to Rob Wilbar for sharing his personal experiences with his disabilities and medical issues on tour and out of tour, as well as info about heavy times and a week about collective. Rob chose that wingsuit from 731.22, an MVP recorded by Jason Graham and big black furry creatures from Mars. From 10.30-21 at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, recorded by Team Ships. And I'd like to give credit where credit is due. Regarding our second guest, Eileen Riley. She is an accomplished artist with um, gallery showings and some possible museum time now. 
she chose Chagda's Torture from Great Woods on tour this summer on July 14th, 2022. And I'd like to give thanks to Andy Murray, also known as Andy Ja, for his recording of that song. It can be found on bt.etree.org. I'd also like to give credit to John Pasternak for his recording of All Along the Watchtower, performed by Fish and special guests on October 22nd, 1996. And as always, you can find Quadraphonic Podcast on Instagram as Quadraphonic Podcast. And you can always reach out to either one of us at Quadraphonic Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can find us where you enjoy your podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. Please subscribe and share with friends and family. And give us a like or two. On the lot, we get Quadraphonic. This episode of Quadraphonic was produced by Al Croft, Dwayne Boyd, and Eliza Aleshant. Special thanks go out to Don Polson for the Quadraphonic graphic and Dan Cormier, composer of the Quadraphonic funk theme. Thanks for listening. Quadraphonic.